James Averhart, a native of Mobile, Alabama, a decorated veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps, a man for the people of Alabama's second congressional district. I'm James Averhart, Democratic candidate, U.S. House of Representatives. I'm seeking your support and your vote in the general election on March 5th, 2024, for U.S. Congress, representing Alabama's second congressional district. I'm a man of the people and for the people of District 2. Vote James Averhart for U.S. Congress. I'm James Averhart, and I approve this message. Paid for by the committee to elect James Averhart for Congress. Yeah! What it do, what it do, what it do, baby! We back at it once again with this thing called Wooisms. Yes, sir. It's your boy Woo, and I'm sitting here with my good friend, my my better friend, my right-hand man, everybody's favorite bishop in the Southern Baptist Circuit. Don't, don't do that. No? Mm-mm. No, we, don't, we just in the South. I don't do Southern Baptist. What's wrong with Southern Baptist? I mean, nothing against them. I just, that's just not. Why not? That's not my thing. You helping out the Southern Baptist. I'm Southern Baptist. You've you been doing a good job trying to keep me near the cross. Nah, I just, I, I, I just, I keep you near the cross because... <laughs> I'm not gonna go there today. I can do it. We got we got good political distinguished. Yeah, we got company today. You know what I'm saying? Not gonna do it today. No, please, not today. No, not, not today. today. Not, not today. today. Uh-uh. But you know, like I said, everybody's favorite bishop, everybody's favorite uh, um, voice behind the silhouettes on uh, Fatal Attraction, on uh, How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> On, I almost got away with it, and every other black, I'ma kill you on TV, <laughs> TV show. He's been on TV one, BET, BET Plus, BET Queen, BET Extra. Hold on, they got a queen? I don't know. I just, come on, roll. It with sounded it. right. Sounded yeah. right. Got it. 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 BET Espanol. <laughs> you know, every, every channel got an Espanol. Can you imagine watching uh, uh, College Hill in Spanish? No, like imagine, like have you seen any Tyler Perry movies in Spanish? Oh no, I, that seems like it would be beyond comedy. Can you hear Madeira in Spanish? No, Rojo. Hey man, but you know I got my good friend, man, the Bishop, the Doctor. Deshaun at Tony Hensley. <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? What's man? going on, good brother? I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. And to my left, I got the good brother, Darkness himself. Yes, I was born in often in the shadows, but a lot, a lot of times just out in the light. Yeah, uh, the Israelite, mm. as they say. Yeah, that's what robbers call them. Mm. That's how they look. That's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, community activists. Mm. He love the kids. I love the kids. Uh, evil can evil. Room. Hey, taking chances. <laughs> Risk it all like Usher and Percy. <laughs> yeah, penitentiary chances. Oh. oh man, the good brother Kendrick. Oh oh, Wooten. What's going on, man? What's going on, good brother? I'm good, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm man, good. we here. Mm-hmm. We survived another a Mardi Gras. Yep. My uh, my insides were screaming for help. Mine still are. I know it. You came in to my I'm on tea. Yeah, I am. <laughs> in peer pressure. Remember when I was down a couple times, he was like, here, take a drink. <laughs> It'll bring you back to life. Hey, oh, oh, take a drink with me. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to, Blue. Friend, be my friend. Have a drink with a friend. <laughs> 
hey, we're not doing this. That'll be yeah. three podcasts in a row. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Keep it moving, keep it moving. But you're good, brother. I'm good, man. Great. I'm great. Man, we got we got some special guests in the building. I know, man. Political excellence. I'm excited. Man, look, I'm always excited because, you know, I always say, like, I don't know too much about politics. So anytime that we get someone that is uh, uh-huh, affluent in the political realm. Okay. All right. Uh, look at you. Look at you. I've been practicing. I've been practicing, practicing that, that in the car. <laughs> <laughs> in the car. Who, who is uh, abreast of the changes that are needed in um, government and, and society. I'm always going to take a step back and take a seat, man, and just listen. Um, because, uh, you know, my good brother, like we always say, man, our, uh, our uh, lamp is never full. Mm. So I'm always intrigued to get some more knowledge. And uh, maybe we'll get um, somebody else to join in later today. But we have, man, that's joining us today. My good friend, my good brother, my fraternity brother, and uh, a political figurehead in Mobile, Alabama, Dr. Pass Basilis <laughs> of the Rho Alpha Chapter of Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. Dr. James T. Averhart Jr. <laughs> it sounds it sounds it distinguished. sounds distinguished and political. Yeah, yeah, like you, know? you got you got you know you got a last name like Averhart. It's like yeah, that that, that man's special. Yeah, that that's 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 royal to them. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. what that is. How you doing, good brother? What's up, my brothers? I appreciate the compliment. Man, <laughs> he, 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 got, he got the he got the uh, the soulful soul voice on. Hey, yeah, yeah we sure. at the we at the tight eight at eight countdown. <laughs> Coming in at number eight, we got <laughs> Temptations, Papa Rosa Rolling Stone. <laughs> How's everything going, my brother? And I hope as well, my brother. Thank you again for having me here. And I'm extremely delighted to be in your presence. Uh, you know, to be invited back. You know, I was here the first time in 2020 when I ran for the U.S. Congress. So here I'm, I'm back as we run in 2024. So, Man, we appreciate you, brother. And man, I, I just remember that first conversation that we had. Man, it was uh we was back at uh at Sean's old house, sitting around the dinner table, having great conversations, and here we are, 2024. Still about to have great conversations and, and understand, you know, your purpose and and, and uh, what you uh plan to achieve during this 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 uh political campaign and race and uh he brought some special guests with him today um i'll let you say who's in the building if they want to say something and whatever the case may be i'm gonna turn it over to you brother well thank you i have uh shalila dolly shalila dolly who is my campaign manager and i have uh Rila Lane, who is also an administrator operator This campaign for Team Neighborhood 2024. And I would just say, my brother has two powerful black women behind him. Thanks. And, and we always say, you know, uh, we can't do nothing in the world without the uh, the, the help and support of a strong black woman. 
not behind us, but beside us. So uh, we appreciate you two ladies for joining with us today. And uh, at any given time that you all would like to chime in and say something, please feel free. That's why that microphone is over there with you all. Um, so, uh, my good brother, um, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast and a lot has transpired. Oh, before we go any further, we are on episode 193. Um, so 193 episodes later of this thing known as Wilsons, and we're still here. And uh, like we said before, we're going into season five, man. So we about to turn up. We are having so many guests that's going to come in this year. And it's just going to uh, 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 fill us with their presence and their gifts. And uh, we're going to give them the platform to do what they want to do. That's why we're here. And um, because we promote black excellence, we promote black uh, unity, and we just, we love black people. Now, don't get me wrong, we do love, you know what I'm saying, some of the, uh, uh, Shane, give me something political to say for white people. Um, other people. Okay, other people. There you go. Because sometimes we say unseasoned chickens, but <laughs> we're going to keep it, uh, political G today. And, uh, with that being said, um... We go into our mental checks. We dedicate this part of the episode to our late brother, uh, Montreal Slater. He was very pivotal in um, the community. He always, every time you saw him out, he'll come up to you and he'll just want to check in and see how you were doing. You know, how, how, how's everything going with you? And uh, so we dedicate this, this part of the episode to him and we just want to check in. And, um, you know, Abraham, we'll just start with you on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. We just want you to check in, man, and just let us know how you're feeling at this moment. Man, I'm doing well, man. I'm at a, I'm at a, right at an 8 right now. Okay. You know, I've been out on this campaign trail. However, I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. Feeling good about myself, feeling good about my team and everything that's taking place in our district as we go into the final leg of this race. So I'm at an 8 right now. Okay, okay, okay. Right, we starting off with eight. Where you at, Hef? Uh, I'm about the same, man. I'm about an eight. Um, <laughs> unk tired, man. Yeah. Unk oh, tired. so now you unk, man. Unk tired, though. <laughs> <laughs> unk tired, so man. So you unk, man. Yeah. Look, I've been called unk a few times this weekend. Really? Yeah, man. It's like, you know, I'm in my, you know, late 30s, but they make me feel like I'm in my 50s. Yo, hey, OG, unk. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm 37. But. Oh, wait till you turn 38. Yeah. My body feel like unk today. <laughs> <laughs> These last few days at work been a struggle, man. Man, you should have took off like I did. See, I couldn't. Like I, you know, kind of had stuff I had to do. No. Yeah. Man, sometimes look, somebody told me if it don't get done, just put it off to the next day. No, not in sales, me, brother. Not in sales. For me, I put it off to the next week. Yeah, not in sales, dog. <laughs> See that that mail gonna keep flowing, whether you done or not. That mail gonna keep on rolling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. But if you stay at it, you better you better wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, outside of just being sore, you know, had a really good Mardi Gras mm -hmm. uh, season, so you know, I'm good. Outside of that, just I'm tired. Yeah. Okay, then, man. Uh. Oh man, you know with a, with a lot going on in life, um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot has transpired in the last couple of days for you, boy. But all in all, man, like I'm, it's a blessing to be here, and uh, I'm gonna say I'm at an eight too. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, like I said, with everything that's going on, man, we just came up out of the Mardi Gras season. Pretty excited about that, man. I'm still on a high on that. Uh, it's just my favorite time of the year. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Everybody doing good, great, you know. Unfortunately, it's back to reality, but here we are. Yep. We're here to talk about being back into reality. Because, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, somebody didn't, didn't, didn't make it to today. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, just got to count my blessings and take, you know, take it for what it's worth. And uh, we're going to push on forward. We're going to push forward. Facts. So, with that being said, we're here. We're blessed. Everybody on eights. That's a great thing. Um, before the the end of the episode i'm pretty sure we're gonna be even higher um because i know we got the drinks flowing and we're gonna get some good information on why we're gonna be voting here within the next couple weeks yeah so uh my good brother dr jta jr we're gonna turn it over to you sir and we're gonna let you do what you do that's all good, my brother. Appreciate it again. Congratulations on all the episodes, season five, right? Yes, yes sir. sir. Yeah, all good, man. I, I remember when you first started out. I said you guys definitely have uh, a trip in. I know I keep my eyes on you. You're doing great things in the community, and I uh, appreciate what it is that you're doing. Thank you. Know, thank you. Thank you. Proud as well. You know, I'm Dr. James T. Everhart Jr., a candidate for Alabama's second congressional district. And I'm a man of the people, for the people. You know, so on March 5th. Primary election, I'm asking all the citizens to consider voting for me as your candidate of choice. Now, with that said, you know, as you said, uh, since 2020, a lot has transpired. You know, I did 30 years in the United States Marine Corps. I was born and raised here in Mobile and went into the United States Marine Corps. And I also say that I served uh, from the battlefield to the Pentagon. I retired from the Pentagon in 2017, moved home, and got involved in my community. Served as the executive director of the NAACP for the Mobile Branch. And now I serve as the executive director for the entire state of Alabama and of ACP. Mm. So we keep moving. The only thing that has changed since 2020, as it pertains to me, is that I've gotten more involved, more in depth, and you know, learning my community and the people and the constituents that's in the community. I'm proud to say that as it pertains to the, the second congressional district, you know, um, my colleagues uh, and mine, this is the world oldest uh, civil rights organization. I want to commend them as well. The NAACP is 114 years. Mm. Uh, Founders Day was yesterday. Okay. So we look at you know this organization being on the forefront of this pivotal change. There's been a paradigm shift in the state of Alabama mm. as it pertains to uh, election and voting, etc. Now we have a congressional district that is formulated uh, with two metropolitan cities, Mobile and Montgomery, all through the Black Belt that goes all the way up to the Georgia State Line in Phoenix City, up there, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. Oh, wow. So, you know, 13 counties in this, this new congressional district, in which they call the Opportunity District, mm. you know. So, um, here we are, you know, we're pushing, you know, out on the campaign trail every day pushing to uh, you know just meet constituents understand their concerns and what you know what they want to see in their congressional representative gotcha okay good good stuff so you know in 2020 it was the first congressional district right. that you ran for five counties there right right so can you talk a little bit about 
like I know you said it went from five to thirteen, right? right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about why that was such a big change? Well, you know, the, you know, it wanted to provide. We all wanted to provide the constituents of Alabama. A, you know, we only have one African American district, and that is the seventh district. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas we have uh, Congresswoman Terry Sewell. She's the congressional representative for that district. So we wanted to provide a district, you know, we were pushing to get a district that's representative of the people, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, where they have a choice, you know, a more viable choice uh, or candidate to pick a candidate of their choice. Yeah. And so here we are now, you know, as I stated, you know, and I'm reminded often of that 2020 race as that's when it was hard, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're in a position whereas it's, you know, that paradigm shift. We went from five to 13 counties. Mm-hmm. And what we see is that you have a myriad of candidates that have put their name in the hat uh, to run for this seat because it's an opportunity district. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think uh, I, along with everyone else, we have some, some feelings about that. And however, that's the thing about being a democracy as well. Yeah. You know, people choose and vote for who they want to vote for. So let's uh, focus on the candidates a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. So would it be in 13 counties, man? That that opened up the door for a lot of different candidates to run. Right. Uh, if you would talk about your competition a little bit. Well, you know, I, and I would say, and I often talk about it because, you know, one thing about me, I get out there to run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we started out, you know, qualification was at on November 10th, and there were some qualified candidates that were 13 qualified. Two has dropped out since then. Mm. So we have 11, on the Democratic side, 11 candidates that are vying for this seat. Well, you know, before you before you uh, go any further, can you explain, like, like what are the qualifications for someone to run for a uh, con- get con- congressional position? Congressional seat, you know, that you have to be living in the state of Alabama for one day. Wow. One what? day? Yeah, one day. And, and you, I think the age is 37 years old. You know? And that's it. What? Wow. Yeah, I should have ran for a seat. No, absolutely and not. That's for the U.S. Congress. You know, so it's saying that, you know, you have five candidates who do not even live in the district. Mm. They're qualified, but they don't live in the district. Because mm. they live in the state of Alabama. They live in the state of Alabama. You have candidates who live. Huntsville. Uh, what? Matter of fact, he, he lives 15 miles from the Tennessee border. Um, we have two that lives in, and that's the second congressional district. Mm-hmm. And we have um, two that lives in Birmingham. We have one that lives in uh, Opelika. And then we have one that lives in Sarah. Mm-hmm. He don't live in the district. Yeah. You know, so and that's the, the breakdown. You have one that lives in Doping that's not in the district as well. And then you have five other candidates uh, that's buying for the seat, you know. So, uh, you know what? What I think often in my head, what would compel five sitting legislators that's already in the Alabama State House to run for the seat? Are they abandoning? Why are they abandoning their constituents that voted to get them in, and now they're buying for this seat? You know. This is for the United States Congress. This is not play play. You know, this is not a, a power grab or a money grab 
Uh, it's not a popularity contest. You know, it's not who you went to kindergarten with, so I'm going to vote for him, mm-hmm. you know, or such. You know, if you are politi- politically adept and you know what's going on in your, your, your city and your surrounding communities, you can see what's been done and hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't do it on that level, why you, how, how are you going to do it on that level? Again, the primary job of a congressional representative is to sponsor a bill, to co-sponsor a bill, and to amend bill, bills. And also, you work on committees as well. And you seek to be on committees that's going to uh, kind of support your district, you know, entities in your district. So, say for instance, what I would like to do, I would like to work on the USDA subcommittees for agriculture and forestry. Because throughout the Black Belt, we have a lot of agriculture and forestry, and got some issues and ideas and concerns from the citizens that I, I see are viable. Those are issues that I that I think is tangible that I would like to keep an eye on and work for as well to benefit those farmers and those foresters up in uh, you know the northeastern side of the state as well in the Black Belt. But then I look at Montgomery and Mobile. Of course, it has a great influx of military and also military interest so I definitely want to be on that that committee as mm-hmm. well uh, the military appropriation committee uh, to kind of seek the interests of this you know those uh, bases like uh, we have the Coast Guard base there we have the, the Gulf there Austin and Albus that's a military interest there as well as Ghana and Maxwell Ashford Force Base up in Montgomery so these are viable interests that I'm concerned I have my eyes on you know, if elected, I plan on making sure that I'm a total focus. But there's a myriad of other issues and concerns uh, that I hope that we get a chance to talk about. So, I don't know if I missed, but did you say, like, what um, is included in District 2? Right. Okay. So, you have, you have 13 counties that mm-hmm. consist of District 2, partially Mobile, then you have Montgomery, then you have Macon, you have Butler, you have Crenshaw, Covington, Conneca. You have Pike, Barber, and Bullock, and you have Washington County and Clark County yeah. and, and Monroe County. Okay, so yeah, so those, all those counties for like people who are not familiar with uh, the state of Alabama, a lot of those counties, like he said, are uh, country towns, right. and they 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 thrive off of the agriculture that they have to go out and produce for themselves. So I, I understand like what your aim is for that. Um, so that's that's why I, I kind of wanted you to tap back on that because you, you hinted on that and a lot of people don't realize why that is so important. And especially like for the people that are those, uh, those that are vying for the position um, that are not from the area mm-hmm. won't understand to the magnitude of <coughs> the importance of being that voice for the, the second district. Right. Look, let me, let me say it like this. You know, one of the greatest things that a, a rep, anyone, whether you run up a city council, uh, on the local level, state level, or even the federal level, like I am, with that, one of the greatest things that a candidate look forward to doing is waking up on election morning and going to vote for him or herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. theoretically, uh, what I'm saying, well, realistically, what I'm saying is, there are six candidates that's in this race. They can't even vote for themselves, and they <laughs> desire to be my representative. That's wow. crazy. That's, that's crazy. the crux of the matter. Right, yeah. right, right, right. They cannot even vote for themselves. Wow, that is insane. Yeah. And I think that one of the 
the things that you know I wish you know I think in education you know uh, this uh, elections we can't wait at the last minute. So there's a lot of organizations, including the NAACP, and I know we do our part, Stand Up Mobile, and Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of groups out there, organizations out there. I think that we have to educate. Yeah, Educate absolutely. the citizens mm-hmm. and create those forms to, to get the word out because the people that really are hearing it, they're not in the room at the table. Mm-hmm. So we have to make the platform to, to educate them on voter registration, education. Then what's so important is mobilization. And I often think about mobilization, and, and, and if we look back at the 2020 race, you know, um, I was on the big ticket. You know, you had President Biden, Doug Jones, and myself for the first congressional district. Uh, Doug Jones received 125,000 votes. I received 117,000 votes. And our president of the United States received 150,000 votes. So I have proven that I can carry the water. But we know fear of, if you look across the state, 340,000 uh, registered voters did not even get up and go out and vote. Mm, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, people are not interested in voting. And as I look about the district and I talk to citizens, I think that, we can, again, we can't wait for the last minute. But people are so disconnected. The candidates are disconnected. Candidates are disconnected, as well as the citizen. They want absolutely nothing to do with voting because the first thing in their mind that they're going to say is that, oh, they already know who they're going to get. So I don't, I'm not wasting my time to go vote. And all these, I call it political shenanigans that are being played uh, when you have candidates that's lying to the citizen, not, uh, not giving them correct information, and they're just painting this hunky-dory uh, visual mm-hmm. that it's like this but it's not and they're lying they're lying about a lot of things that's potential their individual selves and what they can to do because at the end of the day our constituents are so in-depth on politics mm-hmm. they don't know so they just want off the world yeah so um so I mean you know you you're out on the campaign trail you kind of spoke a little bit uh, about somewhat what have the citizens been saying outside of why they are hesitant to vote what are some of the other issues that uh voters have been vocalizing to you while you're out you know that uh, sean that's a myriad of concerns and issues that are flowing throughout our district you know we are mobile mm-hmm. so we just if i can paint the picture you are mobile and then you are washington county and, but we'll jump all the way over to russell county the citizen in russell county care less about what's going on in Mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like citizen Mobile care less about what's going on in Clark County or Washington County or even Monroe. Monroe cares nothing about what's going on in Barbara or Bullock. You know, so that's a that's a chain there. Mm-hmm. The congressional representative has to be in tune with the citizens. People often ask me, well, what's your platform? I think that's easy for people to say. You know, as an individual, as an individual, my concerns are criminal justice, uh, education, of course, healthcare. Yeah. You know, I'm thoroughly involved and engaged in veterans' healthcare and mental health. That's all wrapped up into one. You know, um, then of course, you know, education. Yeah. You know, I think uh, educators don't get paid enough. Right. Uh, right. You know, our most precious resources are the kids. You know, however, you know, the gun violence. You know, gun mm. violence is running rapid. We know what's going on in not just our city, but every city in this state yep. and across this country 
have this issue of gun violence. And so, but you know, you cannot enable, and there's been enablement um, at a certain level where people can walk around like this wild, wild west. So what what's the problem? I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Because I'm big on criminal justice and criminal justice reform. But when we talk about issues of concern from the, the citizen of the district, there's a myriad of concerns. And the congressional representative has to be thoroughly in tune with his constituent, his or her constituents. Yeah. You know, you can't just say, I'm just going to worry about these three issues and concerns, and that's all I'm going to focus on. You have to be focused on, on every issue that your citizens have. You know, a lot of times, a lot of questions that people ask they really fall on the local government and the state government. It's not even a federal issue. Mm. But we have to uh, uh, appease them to ask that question. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, man, like, when we was in U.S. history class, like, uh, I always slept through that because it was boring. Uh, so, when we, talk, <laughs> when we talk about, you know, the hierarchy of how things go, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm lost, but um, I don't know as much as I should know. Uh, so when it comes to um, a, a congressman sitting in the congressional seat, can you override a governor or a mayor or anything like that? Or like, no, that says no. So you what know, I mean, so, so is it again? The primary duties and responsibilities of a congressional rep, the U.S. congressman, you know, I get elected to, uh, as the congressman for District 2, to sponsor bill, to amend, co-sponsor bill, and to amend bills, and you work on co- uh, committees. Now, legislation that affects, um, that uh, bills on a local, on a federal level, then of course, these are bills and concerns. Now, it will be... Uh, in the best interest of that congressional representative to have a rapport with the the local government, the state government, mm-hmm. the governor's office, etc. And that help makes things because they're your constituents as well. And you don't over you cannot override. But what you can do, and the, and the, the key to that is if there's a federal money, federal funding going to uh, we'll say back down the mobile mm-hmm. to Mo- the city of Mobile, then that's when that federal congressional representative has a say-so. Because any time, especially if there's misappropriation, mm. et cetera, then there has to be some type of oversight. There will be grown-ups in the room to keep eye on everything to make sure it's transparent. Or people will be all uh, going to pay their light bill. <laughs> mm. That's just real talk. So yeah. you, you, got, you got Jerry Carter sits in the seat. First congressional district. Um, Tommy Turbeville sits in the seat. The Senate. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, those, those two don't have anything. So, like, can you paint the picture of saying, like, for instance, like, you're in these congressional meetings or whatever the case may be? Like, is it, um, like, you all have to come together and, and uh, vote or. The caucus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if. I, I don't, so, I, so let me help you out. Yeah, so please do. Because I'm Bills I'm are passed in the United States Congress every day. Mm-hmm. Every day bills are passed. And sometimes that congressional rep, uh, congressional representative, they just go mash the button. 
if they like the idea or they, you know, like they go yeah and nay. But sometimes the Democratic committee, the Democrat party, they caucus and they pretty much say, this is how we're going to vote. And they want you to be on board with, mm. with the vote. Okay, okay. But one thing that I disagree with is that that uh, representative, he go vote his conscience, his personal like or dislike when I think that it's important that he get buy-in from his constituents. Mm-hmm. I have a plan for that. Okay. I have a viable communication plan, how I plan to communicate with my with the district to, and we all know what's on the slate to be voted on uh, throughout the week. And and I'm gonna, you know, those advisors, you call it an advisor, steering committee, whatever you wanna call them, you know, but I have my name for them. You know, <laughs> I can't share everything, my brother. That's fine. <laughs> I can't share everything, you know. <laughs> but I plan to be in direct communication with the with the district, and we vote the conscience of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not taking my personal thoughts and my personal feelings to the table and vote. Man. So let me ask you this: um, So when when K. Ivy passed the bill for uh, you know no one needing permits mm-hmm. to care right. did that did that is that something that had to come up to the congressional level no no, no nothing at all so so they didn't have anything no say so on that right. okay all right. right so the federal government president uh, already you know kind of have gun laws in place mm-hmm. you know on a federal level but that governor She's the governor of the state of Alabama. She's the governor. She's so, the, she's but the how, how could how could like a state just say, "Oh, well, we are gonna do our own thing and forget what they say on the federal level"? Because right. righteously, right, the 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 states fall up under the federal. They should be, and they should be following suit. Alabama is one of many states, one of a few states that really kind of on their own program. Hmm. President, but they have a Republican governor. Yeah, you see, it's conflict. So, you know, she's following suit of her party. Dang. I say with that, you also have to think about the state house representatives on the state level and the state senators. And so, we have like a mini Congress on the state level, and so we have a super majority, a super majority um, Republican in our state house. So, a lot of the things. Um, that comes, a lot of the bills that are being introduced in our state house, we really can't get anything passed um, without the Republicans doing so. So like right now we have a voter, um, a voter suppression bill, Senate Bill 1, and it criminalizes people for assisting others with their absentee ballot. And I know all of us may have assisted somebody elder in our family, somebody who's an elder that may not be related to you, and they're trying to make that a, a whole class B felony. And so you gotta think about you have big Congress, which is federal, but you also have the state House representatives and your state Senate representatives. And so um, the federal government tries to empower the states to be their own leaders. So when Roe versus Wade got overturned, there was, there's no federal law governing abortion. They put it back in the hands of the state. Mm. And so you got federal laws and you have state laws. And so states kind of operate on their own, uh, on their own entities as well. That is wild. Baffled. So let's kind of stay there a little bit. Um, 
as far as and kind of going back a little bit also with where um people being hesitant to vote right so when you're having these conversations with people on the road about that in particularly like what are you what does that conversation look like from your perspective okay. um to encourage those to vote that maybe hadn't because i'm pretty sure like you run into a lot of older people like even though you know we we did get that win when we got obama in office right you still have those older um blacks right who who still feel like yeah we got that win but we still are in a place where the world doesn't care about us or care about what we have to say so why should i even still go out here and vote right so, you know, the conversation Sean asked, answering your question is mm. that, you know, when I meet a, a constituent, you know, just to have a conversation, kind of break the ice and get into the conversation and ask them, you know, part of the question, the conversation is that, are you a registered voter? Mm-hmm. He or she may say no. And I will ask why. And then they begin to, you know, show disinterest or whatever. Then I try to encourage and tell them why it's important. You know, you know a good point would be voting voting dictates everything that we do from the time you click your lights on in the morning time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to bed at night, your TV, you know, being on at nighttime while you're sleeping, just that, you know, so voting, um, it dictates that, you know, everything we do on a daily basis. And people don't see that, uh, understand the nuts and bolts of that, you know, you know, working, being taxed, you know, what you drive, you know, your gas that you put in your car, uh, the food that you buy, uh, you know, how much you pay for a concert ticket, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And then the list just goes on and on and on. Voting dictates that. And the candidate that you have in the office dictates that. Can we do a, uh, can we do role play? Sure. All right. Okay. Hello. So. Hello. Hello. <laughs> You want to role play? <laughs> <laughs> be clear. Nothing, be, nothing, be clear. Nothing, be, be clear, my friend. Touche. Well, let's let's, let's go through a scenario, right? Um, I okay. We on the we on the campaign trail. We could be here in Mobile. I'll be myself. Okay. Right, and uh, you see me out <laughs> on the street. What's up, my brother? How you doing? Hi, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm James Abraham. I'm running for the United States Congress for Alabama's second congressional district. You mind if I give you my card and tell you a little bit about myself? Sure, no problem. Okay, here you go, my card, my brother. So, just a little bit about myself. I was born and raised here in Mobile, Alabama. I served 30 years in the United States Marine Corps and retired and moved back home. I'm currently serving as the executive director of the NAACP, and I'm out here on the ground, brother, trying to just represent the people, you know, real people. Uh, so I hope that you consider me. Um, all right. So I mean, like it, it all sounds good, but um, just just by me talking, I'm 38 years old, and I'm looking at like what, what's the point of me, you know, trying to get out here and vote when we see like the world don't care about us as black people. So are you registered to vote? I, I am registered to vote, but I don't feel like the need to vote. I mean, obviously, you're saying that for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm open to have a conversation because I, you know, where you live at, matter of fact, first of all, where you live at? Well, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Orange Grove, but I live in Seals now. Okay. Okay, what kind of work you do? 
I did nine years in the military, but okay. uh, I'm, I'm currently at the post office. Cool, cool. I did 30 years in the military. What branch of service? Okay, well, uh, I did uh, I did the Army for nine years. Okay, yeah, I retired yeah. out of the Marine Corps. Okay, cool. Yeah, my, so. dad, my dad did... Uh, my dad did nine years in the uh, in the Marines, and then he did the rest of his uh, thirty years in the Navy. Okay, so you saying you're a registered owner, mm-hmm. and you understand being in the military, you don't just hide that whole rhythm and roll code. Right. You know, I'm a staunch advocate of uh, military being a veteran myself, of uh, veteran care. <clears throat> what I do is high place role as the congressional representative has oversight because that's federal and dealing with the VA, the big DA, uh, and so forth. So these are issues that I'm concerned and I've been working on. I help veterans all the time as it pertains to their, their claims, uh, disability, et cetera. You know, but being in the military, you know, I look at it from a stance that, you know, when we go to war, mm-hmm. when we go to war, some representative has voted to send us a war. Right. And I think we have to have individuals that's in the seat that understand what war is like. Um, common sense to be able to help, you know, guide it and right the ship, if you will. I said it in that language. So, you know, I think voting voting dictates everything we do. As I mentioned earlier, you know, voting dictates everything that we do from the time you work, wake up to how much you get paid in disability, uh, to your current job, etc. It's just everything is predicated on voting, you know, and having the right individual in, in the office because that has to be oversight. And anything that we do, especially on the federal level. But I mean, the, the, the thing that I, the thing that I'm running into uh, that I feel is like, you know, um, I feel like me being, you know, who I am. Like we don't have the the voices of the people that's out there working for us. Like back in the day when we had the the, the Fred Shuttlesworths or, or the Martin Luther King Juniors, or you know, um, the the. Uh, uh, John Lewis is people like that like everybody just stand up and want to say something for the time being and then like they don't they don't follow through with their stuff and so you know like being here in Mobile like we don't see plenty of things happen and didn't happen and you know you get people that come down and they want to speak and they want to say black rights this that 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 and the third and then two or three weeks later it's done for so why should I get out here and waste my time to vote when nothing's gonna happen you know my brother you're, you're spot on, but that's our fault because we keep electing these individuals in office time and time again. And we only see them, we only see them at every election when they come around and make the promises. And I talk about that all the time, you know, to my other associates and everything. But, you know, great, great to have this conversation with you because you're absolutely correct. And I understand as a constituent, a uh, regular citizen, you've lost the trust and confidence in our elected officials. But that's why I encourage you to, um, you know, do, the, do your homework and look up each candidate and see what they're about. What they're, we'll use the word platform, but see what they're talking about. Get some background on them. You know, uh, it's, 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 it's free and open for you to see the money that they get. You know, if you see a lot of commercials on TV, et cetera, well, you may want to follow the money. You know, and listen to what they're saying. You know, who's sponsoring the ad. You know, uh, but we have to make ourselves smart on politics because it's not going to change. 9-11 changed the way that that we will forever live. But if I we go back not long ago, we talk about 55 years ago, 55 years ago, blacks could not even go. They were still going through the back door. 
mm-hmm. and to restaurants. Uh, had to live in certain hotels 55 years ago. And we fast forward and push back, should I say, to 82 years ago, blacks was not even allowed into the military mm-hmm. at all. You know? Right. And so it wasn't until 1941 that Pre- President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed Executive Order 8802, a line which was called the Fair Employment Act, to allow African Americans to come into the military. Mm. So if we said 82 years old, I'm sure your grandparents are probably around that age. Right. You know, many of them may have served in World War II, uh, World One, World War One during that time frame prior to. And so we have a state right now that uh, voting is very important. And so, you know, we have to be encouraged ourselves to, uh, to get up and want to go out and vote, you know, for our, for, for our rights. Because if we don't, if we don't, you know, and if you you know understand looking at TV and you see what's going on, our democracy is on the attack. And if it was up to some people, we'll go back to slavery. And that's not a pretty. That won't be a pretty sight. So how, so how can my my one vote make a difference? Well, you know, some people have won by one vote. <laughs> that's a fact. Some people have won an election by one vote. So your vote does matter. You know, your no vote, your non-vote is a vote for an uh, individual that does not have your interest. And that's what you want to do. You want to find a like-minded individual that has your interest. That's part of the research. And to make sure and understand that uh, why you voting for him, the principles that he or she stands on, you know, what's their track record. It's all public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Hey, Google tell you everything, right. you know. Right. So uh, you can find out about that individual. And you can help you. And plus, all candidates going to have a website. Go to their website and see what they really uh, broadcasting and talk about. But don't just depend on that. Do some more research on the individual. Man, look. I feel like going to vote now. Amazon, man. you convinced? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though I vote anyway, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's it's my civic duty right. to go out and vote. Like, even if I didn't want to vote, like, I have to think about, like, you know, everything that... Uh, our ancestors went through to even get us the the right to vote. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Fred Shuttleworth, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, etc. You know, those those pioneers, civil rights pioneers, uh, doing the civil rights awakening. That man, you imagine how many brothers and sisters lost their lives for mm-hmm. trying to go vote, mm-hmm. simply to go vote. Now, you know, as we fast forward to 55 years later. Uh, individuals don't even want to get up and go vote. They yeah. think it's a task to do so. Yeah. Well, it's raining outside. I'm yeah. not going to go vote. Right. But if somebody cook a fish sandwich and bring Tucker to Mobile, Alabama, hey. they going to vote there. Hey, don't, don't forget the Fagos. Saying, don't forget them Fagos. <laughs> don't forget them Fagos. Man, you know, I like, I, um, I, I, I just have a different, like a, a different outlook on things, you know, because of course, um, you know, we, ha- we have a, uh, a, a graduate chapter in Selma mm-hmm. and uh, you know Jubilee celebration is coming up mm-hmm. here in March and uh, I remember the first time that I went and I think it was the 50th anniversary when I went and just walking from one of my my frat brother's mom's house to the bridge and, and that route that we took and it was so many of, of our people out there 
right. making that that trip, walking walking towards the bridge, singing you know Negro spirituals, and then when you look on the ground and you still see handbills or flyers as they you know uh, also known as um, with KKK on there, right. uh, you know other slanderous things like uh, you colors turn around, uh, we don't want y'all here. This, that, and the third. And I'm just like, but damn, this is on a smaller scale what our people went through. And then when you when you go across, when you reach the bridge and you go across the bridge and you know you hear stories about people like jumping over the, on the sides of the bridge, jumping into the, the the trees and and shimmying down to try to get away from the the fire hose, the dogs, and right. and, and and the police at that time. It's just like you look at it. I'm like. I'm standing up at the 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 apex of the bridge, and I'm looking like, shit, they jumped over this and, and shimmed down a tree. Like, shit, they would have just had, I, either I would have fallen, I would just had to get bit by a dog or something, because ain't no way in hell I'm finna jump over a bridge. I'll take right. my chance with these water hoses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I have a, a different outlook on it. And, you know, like I said, ever since, like, I was able to vote, I've been voting, and, um, you know, now it's just like I know I have a purpose and a reason behind why I'm voting. I'm always trying to, you know, like you say, do my research on the candidates that are running. You know, um, because I, I, you know, I know you, yeah. I know Shamar. Yeah. Um, you know, you're all two candidates that I know personally. Right. But uh, I feel like you know I got to do my due diligence and right. to do deeper research and and putting somebody in the position that I know that's gonna uh, fight for our rights on that level. Right. right. Um, when we were speaking about the motivation behind why we should be voting, we should be voting because there are a lot of um, state house bills that are being introduced that fall within the voter suppression tactic realm. So right now, as a community, we all should be focused on Senate Bill 1. It passed the House, um, and it's going, it passed the state Senate. Now it's going to enter the House, and they're trying to say that me assisting somebody with their ballot is a class B felony, which is also sexual racism is a class B felony. Manslaughter is a class B felony. So you're trying to say, me killing somebody is equivalent to helping somebody with their ballot. So it's a voter suppression tactic. If our vote wasn't impactful and if it wasn't powerful, the Republicans in the State House would not be introducing bills that in the end would make it harder for us to vote. And in particular, it's they're trying to stifle the black Democratic vote. Um, we also have stuff in place like Friday is the last day to register to vote by mail. And so we cut our voter registration two weeks before the actual election. Some states have same-day voter registration like Illinois. A lot of people, you see all these signs up right now, right? You know it's an election coming, but a lot of people are still oblivious that an election is in 19 days mm-hmm. on March 5th. And so some people don't realize it's election day until it is election day and your churches and your schools have been converted into polling precincts. Well, in our state, if you ain't registered, you can't vote. Mm-hmm. But in other states, you can some other a few states you can register the same day. So we we got it on lock for two weeks. You cut off. We don't have early voting. Georgia, Louisiana. I go to school in Louisiana. Um, has like two weeks before election, where every day you can go in and vote. You can be out on the street. Hey man, make sure you go vote today. Mm-hmm. Every day is election day, like two weeks before election in some states. So if our vote wasn't impactful, um, you wouldn't have these bills being passed that would suppress our vote and that goes back and that goes back to um the state houses we're talking about congress but once um biden won in 2020 the republicans were mad and like 
over 100 voter suppression bills were passed from state houses across the uh, nation, um, state houses that are controlled by Republicans. And so the elections are controlled by the Secretary of State. We have a Republican, and you have the secretary of state that makes no sense like <laughs> right. just like when you run for judge around here you got to pick up a, a party like some of these seats shouldn't be partisan because as a judge you're going to enforce the law regardless right not based right. off of how your party will want you and so um like Wu said talking about selma i look at people like they're crazy in alabama when they tell me they don't vote because i'm like we led the way in voter rights the work that was done in selma where they wanted to just cross a bridge to walk 50 miles just to register to vote they weren't even trying to vote at that moment and now you can register from your phone Mm-hmm. And so, definitely knowing we paved the way, and then with this court case, we were the first um, case heard in front of the judicial system when it comes to obtaining a second seat for black people. So, Alabama went first, Louisiana just got a second black seat in Congress, and when I sat in on their trial, they was referencing us the whole time. They were referencing Allen B. Um, Milligan the whole time. They were referencing the work. They were referencing the work that we did in Alabama. So our state is very impactful in the movement. Montgomery, I think their nickname is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. So trying to quarantine our people and inform our people that you know we paved the way for other black people, other black people across the South. We helped move the momentum forward in that manner. Um, and so I think when it comes to the conversation about voting, we don't need to just tell people. Hey, make sure you vote, but give them the why behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, these people right. in these seats are making decisions that impact you. And our local elections matter, our state elections matter, and the federal elections matter. Um, since we're talking about the ballots and voting, I know like sometimes they have uh, on the back of the ballots um, the amendments. Yeah, and then like these amendments, I ain't gonna lie to you, they be all like wordy and everything. And man. Is it a way? Do y'all so? Do y'all know what <clears throat> amendments are gonna be on the ballot before they hit the ballot? Yeah, yes. so you can see the sample ballot for our March fifth election right now. It's on the Secretary of State's website. Organizations like the NAACP, NAACP, um, Stand Up Mobile, um, our Greek org should be doing this too. We, but because we're not partisan, we'll have to post both ballots, the Democratic ballot mm-hmm. and the Republican ballot. And the amendments are on there. And so the amendments, it's legal legal jargon. And so that can be confusing. But a lot of the times when we have a lot of amendments on the ballot, there are organizations that host informationals leading up to the election that explain what those amendments are. Because you can be voting yes or no on something and it's her now community. And so what, what goes into, into that is... Before you vote, you got to make a plan to vote and be educated on voting. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I just showed up on March 5th and I'm voting. Because, like, we're talking about, there are 11 people running for Congress. So, did you really research all these people? Right. Because people are, you see signs popping up. You see people mm-hmm. in your community. They spit a good game. But who are you? Where have you been? What have you done? Right. So, you have to do, you you have to have a voting plan. When I'm talking to people sometimes, I'm like, well, what's your voting plan? Oh, I want to vote on March 5th. Okay, so do you know who on the ballot? You look at both of the ballots and the Republicans, the Republican ballot is filled. And so you may be confused, like, why they got people and we don't? <coughs> because these seats are countywide in our county. You can't really win nothing as a Democrat when it's a county election because our county is majority Republican. So having those conversations around the elements of voting and, and talking about what these positions are, the school board, the circuit court position, the district judge position, um, we just got to consistently have the conversations. It's not enough to just say, oh, I voted. But the real, the real meat behind that is I made an educated vote. And mm-hmm. so pulling these sample ballots beforehand and talking about them, like, who these people 
Um, and not just voting the way that a sheet that you get outside the polling precinct tells you to vote. Right. Right. I don't know if this has been established, but as far as like those amendments go, can we get like somebody to just like break these amendments down and into simplest terms? that challenge um as the founding president of Sando mobile i'll i'll we'll, we'll make a post explaining the amendment and yeah. what i'll yeah, do is awesome. i'll reach out to one of the state house reps um i'll reach out to my sorority sister barbara german and be like can you explain like what we want yes or no yeah 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 because I, I mean should i be i get over there and i i'll I know who I'm doing, what I'm doing on the front. When I get on the back, that shit like a math word problem. I'm be like, God damn. That's a good I, question. I, I, I feel, I've got, I learned, I remember recently, because somebody just went and voted because they won't be in town because of military dudes. They went and voted absentee downtown, and they called me and was like, who I'm voting for? And then I'm like, wait, I need the ballot. I don't got it in front of me. And then she's like, amendment. I'm like, oh, I forgot there's an amendment on there. So we, there's just a lot of prepping that you have to do to prepare to Right, 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 right. Yeah. See that? Damn. <laughs> Making change. Making change, baby. So look, man, before we uh we close the first half out, you know, if you would, man, just tell us your why. My why? That's a great question. You know, when I retired, when I retired, I retired from the Pentagon. But I had the opportunity to work on Capitol Hill to understand the duties and responsibilities that a congressional representative do. As I've stated, I'm the only candidate that's actually authored a bill. Mm-hmm. I authored a bill through my military organization. Uh, I had to find a sponsor and a co-sponsor. So I found a sponsor for in the United States Senate and a sponsor in the United States House. And this was to award the Congressional Gold Medal to World War II veteran, the Marines, mm-hmm. that served during that time frame. And a Congressional Gold Medal is the highest civilian honor. And that would be in the Senate. It was Senate Bill 1527. In the House, it was uh, House Bill 2447, which resulted in Public Law 112-59, signed by President Barack Obama. Mm. So I'm the only candidate that's actually done that, you know. But I caught the bug there. But, you know, coming home to Alabama, you know, quite often while I was on in, mil- in the military, um, seeing the, just looking at my city, and I know mentally that our congressional representative plays a role in some of the initiative uh, issues that's going on in the city. And so, you know, it, it just afforded me the opportunity to get more in depth to um, the job, the ability, uh, the duties and responsibilities and moving home, how could I help? You know, I wanted to be a part of the, the solution, not a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so I took on that responsibilities again, whether I was involved with the NAACP, uh, other organizations, but getting out here and just learning what was going on because I wanted to be at the table and because somebody had to be at the table. Yeah. You know, and that old adage, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Mm-hmm. And as I look around the city of Mobile, we've been on the, we've been on the menu for a long time mm-hmm. and nobody's standing up for our citizens. But Mobile needed leadership. So I'm buying to be that leader in Mobile and more so beyond. You know, so that's why I'm going. You know, I ran in 2020 
and I'm here again in 2024 because, as I often say, I have an inherent obligation. Yeah. There's a lot of people that from that 2020 race that support me now. That's you know, and then being out here fighting for this new district as a member of the NAACP as the executive director, then you know, you know, people will look at me like you need to be in this race. Mm. So here I am, not because they say so, because I know. Uh, when you're a servant and you understand that there's something bigger than you, yep. then you take on that responsibility. Awesome. I got two. I got two questions before we go. Over. <laughs> all right. All right. Break the ice on this one because it was kind of serious. But uh, why do a lot of people like to say NAACP or not NAACP? Well, uh, <laughs> just recently, our national president Derek Johnson who's a member of our great fraternity as well. Uh, you know, when we say, for all these years, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. So theoretically, what you were hearing was N double A, double A C P. And as the national president, he wanted to change that because that's what he was saying. N double A C P. So he went to we're, we're known as the NAACP. Right. Those, oh, that's yeah. the acronym. I, I, yeah, I know that. That's why I asked that. He didn't say it. I didn't say it. Like, mm-hmm. like, hey, it's NAACP. Right. <laughs> so, all color people, you out there listening, it's NAACP. Because it's the advancement. So, AACP. All right. And my last question. So, how do you feel? Okay. So, you said it's 11. Did you, you said it was 11 Democrats right. vying for this position. Right. How do you feel about so many Democrats running for this position and with the possibility of uh, drawing so many different votes instead of, you know what I'm saying? Like, why why is nobody, like, bowing out and saying, I am? Almost uh, like oversaturating the yeah, market. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm concerned about is that I feel bad because, number one, you know, we're in the primary now. Mm-hmm. But even in the the um, general election in November, if people don't get out and vote, we will lose. But what I'm concerned about in this primary election is that you have the five individuals who are sitting in the state house now mm-hmm. that's buying for the seat. They work together. Why didn't they run? Okay, let's just keep it real. Why didn't they run in their district that they reside in? Right. Like, why didn't Daniels run in District 2? Mm-hmm. Why didn't uh, Marika Coleman and Gwanlin Govan uh, run in District, district 7? You know, District mm-hmm. 7. Yeah. Is that the same? Is, is that the same one that ran against, against you for no. the Govan? Like, no, no. Who, who's the lady that. Okay. That was Gardner. Okay. And she's in North Carolina now. Wow. <laughs> so, she, so she took her loss and left. She got a wow. We're going to stick around and still be here. Right, right, right. 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 And, right. and what's yeah. more insulting is that, please know, Alabama or Mobile has viable leadership in Mobile mm-hmm. right now. You know, so we don't need anyone coming in and you know, saying, well, hey, well, I was asked to run because Mobile don't have leadership. You know, so why? 
is it is it not heard of for you all to get together and and talk like like basically just you know what i'm saying have a like a round table like man look projected your numbers are shit right now why you just won't drop out right well no nobody's going to do that nobody's going to uh you know and when we talk about numbers i'm not sure if you talk about polling numbers so this same thing is just you talk about polling numbers. because I mean like y'all pretty I'm I'm so I poll don't know, are y'all pretty sure like where y'all may stand in the races right I, now I I think I think that me personally I think the race is up in the air mm-hmm. because when the polling was done you know again I run a grassroots so there's a process to this mm-hmm. I run a grassroots mm-hmm. but when you got certain entities that have an interest in a particular candidate mm-hmm. and they dumping a lot of money in yeah. that individual. They try to dump the money to create the narrative. Right. You see? And so, you know, a lot of people not buying the narrative. You know, you may spend a lot of money, you know, getting a lot of money from different sources and, you know, being able to do certain things, whether it's signs, TV, text messages, et cetera, et cetera. You know, getting my grassroots campaign, you know, it's a a little different. But a poll was conducted. Let me speak about this. A poll was conducted. And as I stated, in this new 2nd Congressional District, there's well over 500,000 citizens in this new district. And a poll was conducted. Now, remember, key word, 500,000. A poll was conducted of 450 individuals out of the 500,000. That's less than a zero, zero, less than a fraction mm-hmm. of citizens that was polled. And out of that number, 450, then it was projected who's leading the poll. Now, I think that's an insult. How are you going to say that a viable poll was conducted, a push poll, that was a push poll, was conducted of 450 individuals when you have well over 500,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then individuals like my name wasn't even in that poll. Wow. So again, from the onset, they created the narrative Skew, of who yeah. they wanted. Mm-hmm. Screwing the votes. Uh, creating a narrative of who they want to be the representative. You see? Because myself alone, matter of fact, the only individuals that was in the in the polling was the five sitting legislators plus one. But those that live in the district was not even in the polling. What name was not even mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you had to put their name in the polling, then they would have placed. Yeah. You see? So the polling tried to direct individuals to certain individuals. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know? And uh, so that's what we have to be cosmist of, uh, the trickery, mm-hmm. the shenanigans that's been played by different organizations that's trying to create narratives for their particular candidate that they're dumping money in. You see? Yeah. I'm good, Hayes. Well, look, hey, man, look, we appreciate you joining us, man. Good. You know, always... Uh, it's great to sit down with you and Likewise. you know learn, become more educated around what we need to know when it comes to um, why our vote matters, and uh, to be able to sit down with a candidate like yourself and learn personally about what you're looking to do for us. I'm always gonna keep it real, bro. Yeah, we know that for yeah, sure. I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah, yeah we'll keep it real. We appreciate it, man. So we know that you know we had an election in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, where can the people connect with you or even you know? Send donations. Donate or, anything of that nature to go help to my you. website. All right. www.james, J A M E S, Averhart, A V E R H A R T, 
Facebook.com. And, uh, and, and it, it will essentially give you, tell you about me, yeah. who I am, the issues and concerns that, that I'm supporting and looking after. You know, and if any individual has a question for me, please don't hesitate to email me directly. And I will get back with you, that individual, within 24 hours. You know, and if I made my brother, and I like saying this, you know, because I keep it real in the world that we're living in right now. And I have to always refer back on my military career and talk about how I, I am the most diverse candidate mm. in this race, without a doubt. Because there's an individual that never will uh, be involved or see things that I have seen, uh, mm. experience what I have experienced. Yeah. But more than, you know, when I, you know, enlisted, I, I took an oath that I would support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I would bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I would obey the orders of the president of the United States and more so the Constitution. Uh, and I will, you know, obey the, uh, the Constitution. And saying that, I take this oath without hitting me on a reservation of purpose of the invasion. So with that, I've taken that oath well over 10 times and I stand ready to take that oath again in support of the constituents of the 2nd Congressional District. So on March 5th, my brother, go vote James A. Hey. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Miss Dowdy, Miss Lane, do y'all have anything y'all want to say? I mean, we we in the presence, like we have, uh, you know, we got a, a a lady of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. We also have a lady of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. You know, helping this great brother that is a, a man of Omega Sapphire Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Oh yeah. Get out there and vote, man. Get registered to vote, man. Yeah. That's our voice. Do your due diligence. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all for joining us for sure, man. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to, I guess we'll recap the Mardi Gras season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, guess we could do that. A bit, you know. Yeah. But, man, we appreciate y'all again. And in our commercial break, man, you're going to hear a little bit more from Mr. James Averhart. James T. James T. Averhart. Hey, it's Wu as doctor. We'll be back. Hey. What it do, what it do, what it do, baby? It's your boy Wu. It's your boy Big Hess. And it's Wu's podcast on Contentville, powered by Inspire You on Air, the information station. And you can catch us every Friday and Saturday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. in prime time. New time slot. Prime time. New time time slot man look it's the same tomfoolery same debauchery that you used to man we just we in a new place man so just come over here just like us man and get nice and cozy man it's all good on this side hey man look and like we used to say it back in the day man light the hookah sit back relax pour up a drink 
and kick it with your boys or woosms. Why? Because it's the woosms way. It's the winning way. Hey. Hey. All right, man, we back, we back, we back with this thing called Woosms. Yes, sir. Man, first half, man, we had the great James T. Averhart Jr. I was about to call him the second. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> yeah. <The> doctor. <laughs> doctor James T. Uh, Averhart Jr. here Jr. with us, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, he's running for the uh, second congressional district of Alabama. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, he just kind of just, you know, like he did the first time, just shared his passion you know shared his why um you know we were able to be educated about some of the processes and, and the things in place yeah um you know he had his campaign team with him here and um her name slips on my shalila mind. yeah shalila, shalila dowdy yeah she uh she was able to uh, you know definitely educate us on a few things and rayla was here with us as well so it was um you know it was it was it was a, a great First half, uh, we, I think we, I'm pretty sure we learned a lot for sure. Oh, but yeah. evidently, you have some uh, trivia questions to yeah, stick man. with this government yeah. theme we have going yeah, on man. there. Yeah, I got, I got a few questions here. Okay. Let's see, let's see. What do you know about U.S. government? Test your civics knowledge by taking a short six-question quiz. Mm. Let's see, let's see, let's see what the great Bishop Hesley. Knows about the U.S. government. Not a lot, but all right. All right, we're going to find out. Yeah. Question number one. In an election for U.S. president, which of these chooses the next president if the vote in the electoral college is tied? Mm, okay. A, the presidential cabinet. B, the U.S. House of Representatives. C, the U.S. Senate. Or D, a convention of the states. Ah. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess, and I got two answers in my head, but I'm going to go with this one because it seems kind of unconventional. Okay. I'm going to go with D. All right, we're going with D. Okay, I think we won't know until the, after the six. Okay, okay, I'm going to go with D. All right, so we're going next. All right, man, question two. Which of the following rights is guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution. The right to freedom of religion, the right to bear arms, the right to privacy, the right to remain silent. It seems like a layup. I don't know. Oh, man. It's the bear arms. Final answer? Sure, 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 sure. Question three. Which of the following determines how many representatives a state gets in the House of Representatives? A, the number of people who live in the state. B, the square mile area of the state. C, the number of voting age citizens in the state. D, how much people in the state pay in federal taxes? It's either A or C. Well, if you want to pick one. I know. <laughs> uh, man. I'm loving this. <sighs> mm. Mm. Ah. Yeah. I'm going to say A. All right. We're going to go with A. Yeah. All right. Question four. 
for how many years is a U.S. senator elected? That is, how many years are there in one full term of office for a U.S. senator? Mm-hmm. A, two years. Mm-hmm. B, four years. Mm-hmm. C, six years. D, eight years. Six. All right, we're going with six. Question five. When a justice is confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, how long are they appointed for? A, 17 years. B, until a president decides to replace them. C, until they are 75 years old. Or D, it is a lifetime appointment. I don't know, dog. I feel like it's D, because, like, I ain't never seen them as, like, just, I know we don't vote on them. Um, no, we don't vote on them. I know we don't vote on them. And so that's how I know they don't have a term. I know the presidents appoint certain people Correct. when there's a vacancy. Um, But how that vacancy, I don't think they retire out. Like, I think they just, it's almost like blood in, blood out. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, Get it back in blood. Yeah, like, that's that's what I feel like it is. Um, So I'm just going to say, like, they in there. Like, what, what was that? It was D. No. A lifetime appointment? That's what you're going with? <sighs> yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Because even like the, the lady that died, what was the one that died uh, recently? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I know she was old in 75. <laughs> if not, she Ruth definitely looked. Hey, she she, she lived, while. what they say, she lived a hard she life. She lived a hard life. Yeah, so I'm going to. She was on that Queen Elizabeth retirement. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, <laughs> you think mm. my spot coming mm, open? Mm, mm, mm. Not today. Oh man, then they put the black a little black up in her place. <laughs> her name, I can't remember her name, but I think her, her name, she like got three names. Yeah. I think one of them is like Jackson. But she, she black. Shatorian, Johannesburg, Jackson. <laughs> Johannesburg. And she got dreams. <laughs> <laughs> the old go ahead, Johannesburg. Yeah. All yeah. right, so we're going with lifetime appointment. Yeah, that's what All we're right. going to go with. Question six. Here's your final question. Mm -hmm. In which part of the federal government is there a rule that requires a 60% majority super, I'm sorry, a 60% super majority vote to end a filibuster? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I don't even know what a filibuster is. (laughs) (laughs) A, the U.S. House of Representatives. B, the U.S. Senate, C, the U.S. Supreme Court, or D, the Presidential Cabinet. I'm gonna say uh, House of Representatives. All right, all right. Let's submit and see what the Hess knows. Probably not a lot. You answered three questions correctly. Okay, which three? <laughs> you scored better than 33, 33% of the public, below 49% of the public, and the same as 18%. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, number one, the first question. In an election for U.S. president, which of these chooses the next president if the vote is in the electoral college is tied? You said a convention of the states. That was wrong. Okay. Which one was it? The correct answer was the U.S. House of Representatives. Okay. I was. I was. That was my second answer. Forty percent of Americans answered that correctly. All right. So I'm part of the sixty. All right. All right. Okay. 
Number two was, which are the following rights is guaranteed by the First Amendment of the Constitution. I knew I had that wrong. Yes, you did. Yeah, I knew Sir, I had it wrong. That, that is the Second Amendment. Yeah. The right to bear arms. But, I mean, you probably wouldn't know that because you don't bear arms. Yeah, facts. All right. Yeah. It was actually the right to freedom of religion. Okay. You know, you got uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and all that mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the First Amendment. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. 57% of Americans answered that correctly. You are not I'm part, not part of, of it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. All right, here we go. Number three. Which of the following determines how many representatives a state gets in the House of Representatives? You answer the number of people who live in the state. You are correct. Ding, 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 that's why they always do the census, man. Yeah. To determine how many representatives, you know, they get. Just, I, I knew that part. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew, I knew the second question. I knew that one. Um, for how many years is a U.S. senator elected? That is how many years are there in one full term of office for a U.S. senator? You answer six years. You were correct. Ling, 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 yeah. ling, 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 ling. All right. Uh, me personally, I would have voted too. So you were part of the forty-four percent that got yeah. that correct. I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't four because we vote on them on, in different years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I knew it wasn't four or eight, but I was like, it's got to be more than two. Yeah, I was gonna say two. So you got me on that one. All right, all right. Number five. When a justice is confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, how long are they appointed for? You answered is a lifetime appointment, sir. You were correct. Oh, ling, 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 ling. All right. Seventy-five percent of the American population voted that correct. All right. Yep. And I just knew that uh, because it's a lot of old ass white folks yeah. up there on the justice. Yeah, dog. And like you said, when RBG died, and then they uh, appointed the sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew that. Yeah. All right. And number six. In which part of the federal government is there a rule that requires a 60% supermajority vote to end a filibuster? Sir, I didn't even know what a filibuster was. <laughs> Good educated guest, you answered the U.S. House of Representatives. Sir, you were incorrect. Yeah, was it the Senate? It was definitely the Senate. Yeah, and it was either or. And 50% of the American population voted that correct. All right. All right, so average number of questions you answered correctly was 3.3 out of 6. I don't know how you get 3.3. What? I don't know, man. It's six questions. I I, I didn't make up the information, brother. I'm just reading it off the That's just like our U.S. government. (laughs) (laughs) That damn filibuster. Right. (laughs) Average number of questions answered correctly by demographic break. All right, men, 3.7 out of 6, and women, 3. All right, let's see. All right, brother. Hmm. Yeah, Inter- right. That was interesting. It was, because, uh, yeah, I definitely can't say that I knew some of those, you know. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> How well do you know your president? <laughs> Probably worse. Because oh. it's more of them. Oh, yeah. It's more of them. It's 46 of them. <laughs> 45. Yeah. Yeah, but 45. For- Nah, 46. Oh, because Donald Trump was 45. 44. I thought he was 45. No, he was 45. Oh, yeah. 
Obama was 44. Yeah, shit. See? Yeah, see, we already have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is a good one, man. Which of the first 12 presidents was, hold on, which of the first 12 presidents was the first not to own slaves? <laughs> um, uh, let me see. So, George fought in the war. Oh, you know he had some slaves. Yeah, so we know he had, uh, Jefferson is famous. Oh, Jefferson, yeah, he slept with his slaves. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, uh, we, we know Jefferson is a part of that list. I right. feel like so that's one in three. That's the first and the third president. Yeah. <laughs> so Adams had to have slaves. That was too close. It was a couple Adams. It was a John, John. It was a John and a John Quincy Adams. I feel like both of them had. Both of them goddamn John. Yeah, he had to one because one of them named Quincy. So you know he got. You know he had slaves. Uh, golly, I don't know, dog. <laughs> I just I know I know three I know three or four of them that it, that definitely had them, but okay. All right, wait. So we know we only had one Adam. Oh, uh, one Adam. Yeah, we only had one. So Adam. he was Quincy. Yeah, Quincy had him. No, I'm sorry. We did. We did have. We had two Adams. Okay. The second president was John Adams, yeah. and then third, fourth, fifth. The fifth president was John Quincy Adams. Okay. So we got George Washington was first. John Adams was second. Mm-hmm. Um, and who was third? Jefferson was third. Yep. And then James Madison. He had him. <laughs> so he, got a, he got a college in, yeah, he in got Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you know he has one. Yeah. You know Bible has Belt. You know he oh, has slaves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So then, and then Quincy. Then Quincy. Okay. And then Andrew Jackson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because he was fighting for the Confederacy. Yeah. So yeah, he had yeah, him. Yeah, you know, he definitely had him. He had him. Okay. All right. Who's after that? Um, oh, man. You know, with a name like this, you know, he had to have some slaves. Who? Martin Van Buren. <laughs> yeah. The Van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The van gave it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, you know he had him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, William Henry Harrison. Dang, that's a, that's a racist name, too. How's <laughs> <laughs> that racist, man? Hey, look. William Henry? William Henry? <laughs> man, that sounds that sound like he had slaves. Everywhere, John Tyler. Ha. Uh, we'll table him. Okay. James Polk. Polk. I don't know. So I know black people with the name last name Polk, mm-hmm. which means that like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he more than likely has mm-hmm. some. Okay. Zachary Taylor. <sighs> okay. Millard Fillmore. Oh, that's a racist. Oh yeah, Millard had him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, James, I'm sorry, Franklin Pierce. Um, uh, Frank might not have been the one with the slaves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, who else? Man, my my great 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 granddaddy, James Buchanan. Ah. Ah well. That speaks for itself. Yeah, my daddy added the T to get away from me. So mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the T was for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I 
this tea. We are we are abundant. This is the this is the sign. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abe Abraham Lincoln. See, so Abe is credited. He's credited with freeing freeing the slaves. Keyword credited, because mm-hmm. he still ain't free. He's just credited with it. But I feel like is there another president out there? Yep, the the twelfth president, Ulysses S. Grant. He was he fought in a war, one of those wars too though. Ah, the Civil War. He was was he on the side with, with Lincoln? Grant was on the uh, the Union. I'm gonna say Grant. Honorable mention would be Franklin. But I'm gonna say Frank. You're gonna say Grant. I'm gonna say Grant. I gave that one to you. Yeah. I gave that one to you. Cause I told you he he fought. Wait. No. No. Ah. <laughs> no, I take that back. Which of the first 12 presidents was the first not to own slaves? John Adams. Hot damn. Yep. And well, we broke him off right away. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, John. Mm. See, he, he was there for it for us, Colts. Uh, he said, George, man, come on, man. <laughs> George was like, look, you can have this pregnancy. You can't have none of these slaves, though. All right. Let's see. All right. Well, <laughs> which president was the last to own slaves? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the first 12? Mm. It don't say. Oh, mm. <laughs> That's a you my long list there. Yeah. Uh, we need to go go on that. No, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Who is the oldest living president? Carter. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Which president survived an assassination attempt 69 days into his term? No, it wasn't Kennedy. Yeah, it wasn't JFK. Yeah. God rest his soul. Oh, Lord. Um, it wasn't, wasn't Lincoln either because he ended up catching the, catching the fade. Mm-hmm. Um, 69 days into his term? 69 days into his term. I want. I don't know. What's the choices? She ain't no choices. Ah, oh, yeah, I definitely don't know. Ronald Reagan. Ah, they tried to take Reagan out. Sixty-nine days into the open. Hey, man. Oh, Reagan. Um, let's see. Watergate, Reagan. Uh, man, it's like some crazy questions. Like what? Uh, which president was known as a little magician? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Martin Van Buren. Uh, the whole van. <laughs> <laughs> which president was elected to his second term after suffering a heart attack? <laughs> what? <laughs> so he got his second term off sympathy. That's what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, the can't... white D Eisenhower. Be like man, we can't we can't send him home now. He almost died. 
<laughs> Which president is the first to have a rescue dog while in office? <laughs> Was it? I feel like that's a Roosevelt thing. Nope. Oh, who is it? <laughs> Joe Biden. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> that does not make it. I hope people understand, like, Joe's not getting the second term. He's not getting the second term. It's, and like the the sad part is, is that we probably know who's about to come around. Who's who's gonna get that mm-hmm. that seat is for his second term. Yeah. But Joe, like we can't put Joe back in. Like I don't think Joe can make it. Joe have a hard time. Like if oh. it if it ain't on the cue card, Joe don't need to say it. And another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he he go off uh he go improv, just understand it's a problem. Yeah, major problem. Yeah. Man, it was, uh, damn, there's another one I saw. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay, uh, where is it? Though his opponent won the popular vote, the Supreme Court eventually de- declared which president the victor of the Electoral College in 2000. In 2000? Yeah. That, no. No, yeah, that was Bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was oh, that was the Gore, him and Gore. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Gore won, but then like they overturned yeah, they were like, it. They were like, nah, dog. Like, nah, we don't want you, dog. <laughs> yeah. No. We're like Al Gore is next president of the United States. Like, no, dog. No, dog. Wait, one <laughs> Wait a second, guys. It's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I remember that. I do. Uh, let me see if I can find another one. Uh, which president ended the draft? It wasn't Eisenhower. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, nah, he, he was in the war. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> military, <laughs> right? So I, I know it wasn't him. Uh, dang, was it? Uh, was it? No, it had to be before Kennedy. <laughs> Richard Nixon. Dang, that was after Kennedy. Yeah. Hey, I thought this was a funny question. Which president has a middle initial that literally stands for nothing? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who. Harry S. Truman. Wow. And the S is for silent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. All yeah. right. Yeah, man. That, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. questions about our presidents. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, man. And way to way to come out the blocks. Uh, what was the last one on? That not on slaves. Like, uh, mm. uh, 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 man, you was like, oh, John Adams. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he had some slaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Quincy, you know Quincy. Had yeah. Some well, we was right. Fifty <laughs> fifty. <laughs> right. Look, I had the answer right here. I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, wait a <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't have some slaves. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> oh uh, man, yeah, that was man. good. Okay, yeah, it's good, man. Um, but yeah, man, I, I guess uh, you know, um, I think we gotta do our due diligence, man. On um, on learning more about politics and. Uh, 
government. Yeah, I think it's just more like it's like the educational pieces. It's not just so we can, you know, like rattle off a bunch of senseless knowledge, but just so like we can be aware. You know, like the awareness piece, especially when it comes to um, what's going on within our government, because it affects us, mm-hmm. it affects everybody. Like it's not one person that the government decisions don't affect. So um, we just got to educate ourselves, man, and make sure that. And, and I think if we, as a whole, work on educating ourselves more around these things, those that don't vote might be more inclined to. Yeah. And I, you know, like, I mean, I'd be the first to admit, like, man, it's, uh, when it comes to, like, politics and the government, man, I'm just, like, I'm baffled because, like, I don't know too much, but, like, I have to do my due diligence, especially, like, what's going on in the world now and, you know, like, all these, uh, political parties trying to, like, overturn stuff and it's, it's just, it's crazy, man. So, um, yeah, I feel like, uh, I gotta do my part. So, you know, in doing so, man, I'm um, I'm gonna start like, you know, trying to set some time aside and and uh, just trying to keep myself abreast on some things, man. Yep. Facts. Yeah, man. You know, it, I think because of the the way that episode went, man. Um, I don't think we should uh, dive into a Wusa moment. Nah, nah, we could. Um, yes, man. So I guess we'll just leave it here, man. Like, um. You know, yes, you got anything you wanna you wanna add, brother? Nah, just always, man. As always, catch us every uh, Friday and Saturday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Contentville, powered by Inspire You, the information station, uh, as well as all major podcasting platforms: Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, Amazon, all of them. Uh, iHeartRadio. You know, you can catch us on all of them. So, um, check. You know, stay in touch with us whatever way you can. Um, you know, we still out here doing events. Uh, we getting ready. Like, we, we got some stuff brewing as far as some new creative things we're looking to do to try to um, get season five going. So, um, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, one of those things, like, if you're a black business and you want us to spotlight you, you know, reach out. Um, you know, we want to continue. Like, we have this platform of black excellence and we want to continue to display that so um if you want to be a part of that man make sure you hit us up on our socials um or reach out to us in person and um we'll do what we can to get you on and why because it's the wilson's way man look i'm man i am so excited about some of the things that's coming down the pipeline um this little mini series that i just sprung up on <sighs> you man Bruh. i think this is gonna be very interesting to say the least boy look hey dog i'm just gonna say this when y'all hear this little series we got that's starting soon, y'all gonna be like, that's a very woo thing. <laughs> just just understand that. Like, you're gonna be like, yep, yep, yep. I'm surprised it took him this long to do it. Surprised it took him this long to do it. So. <laughs> For real, man? <laughs> yeah, just. For just, real? Just, I'm, hey, look, I'm looking forward to it because I'm, I'm, um, I'm very uh, intrigued about what what we gonna find out man i mean like yeah yeah me too bro i i can't i can't wait man um hey it's all about you know you open open your mouth man closed mouths can't get fed and i was just like hey i think this would be a good idea to have like just just see what we can get from people with those experiences like what made you go into this profession yeah like what is it like some inside 
Uh, it's gonna be uh, yeah. it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yeah, man. Can't I can't wait, brother. I yeah. cannot wait. Yeah. And as always, this has been another episode of Wooisms. It's your boy Woo. It's your boy Big Hess. Hey man, look, and I think um I think because, you know, feeling a need for change, we're gonna let pop close us out with changes. Alright.
but tell the cops I can't touch this. I don't trust this. When they try to rush, I bust this. That's the sound number two. You say it ain't cool. My mama didn't raise no fool. And as long as I stay black, I gotta stay strapped. And I never get to lay back. Cause I always gotta worry about the payback. Some buck that I roughed up way back. Coming back after all these years. Right a tat 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 tat. That's the way it is. Just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is